It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is wishing everybody a happy new year Yeah, with two wins in a row, Russ. It's unprecedented. All right. We are going to talk about that and get into our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen reporting from Boston for the Winter Classic. He's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag almost every week. We're getting to one this week on Wednesday. So get those questions in. On today's show, we are going to talk about that win against the LA Kings. We're going to preview tonight's Flyers After Dark matchup against the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, we've got some good nemeses this week, so looking forward to that. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, before we get into that Kings game, Ethan Sampson got his ELC as a last gift of 2022. Uh, you know, of all the things to do with that extra contract spot, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it's good news for him. And I think for the team, I think, you know, Sampson was at a point where, yeah, you got to sign him. But yes. um, at this time, very interesting. Yeah, exactly. You, you know. But again, he's almost a point a game this year. He's he's playing really well. Uh, we've liked his progression. So yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. It's always going to be weird when you have not when you don't have that many contracts. But it's I'm happy for him. Yeah, me too. I I think it's a good move. Good to lock him in. And uh, you know, I I think he's had that successful season so far. So hopefully, uh, we'll. Uh, see more from him as the season progresses and uh, see where he's at at camp next year. Uh, Getting into that Kings game, man, you know, I think that aside from the fact that that game had a kajillion penalties in it, you know, felt like the first half of the game was more uh, on the power play or penalty kill than five on five. But you know, all, all that aside, I, I do think the Flyers did what we told them to do in order yes. to win that game defensively. I, I think that they were able to really just put the hammer down on those top lines in a way that even on the power play, like the Kings were not getting shots. No, and we did talk about the Kings, like they might have the lead, they'll kill in faceoffs, and they did kill in faceoffs. Yes, they did. Um, but you know, that they might have defensive lapses and and the Flyers definitely found those and exploited them. And yeah, it worked out really, really well. It did o- almost work out to plan, uh, like you yeah. said. And, you know, 
and it was good from a sense that you know the Kings are a decent team. So at least now you know not every Flyers fan could say, well, they're only beating you know lousy teams. I mean, Kings are a decent team. They have a chance to make the playoffs. They may not, but they have a chance. Yeah, well, and right now, you know, they were second in the division right. in in the standings, sustainability aside. But, you know, I think that, you know, you look at that game versus the Sharks game where the Sharks game, you know, they were playing to the level of the competition. They sort of did the same thing against the Kings. Yeah. And, that that's something I always have in the back of my head is like, oh, is this a team that's going to do that? But at the same time, you know, they've shown their resiliency again. Um, you know, the hits and, and block shots were back up to where they had been in sort of the, uh, I, I want to say the torts agenda or earlier games of the season where mm-hmm. that's kind of the entirety of the strategy. But this time they had that plus good solid defensive play and i think that's what the difference is it's not one or the other it's both no the solid defensive play was a was a big deal i mean there yeah were there too many penalties sure um for good that york did sure he you know that first penalty you know torts wasn't happy with it but all all in all you know right now he's working out uh i don't have great things to say i don't have bad things to say like right now it's just it's okay so in that regard it's made their defense better so overall their defense is now better yeah i think so too uh i want to talk about sam urson in net i think that he played a real solid game here and i think you know of course the at least it's not with the number one goaltender slot, but I think now we're starting to hear rumblings of, do we have a backup goalie controversy happening? Yeah. I don't think there's a controversy because Torts doesn't play Sandstrom. So it's like, I think there, there can't be a controversy because he doesn't play the guy. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to create one, but I just don't think it's there. Yeah. I just, I do wonder when, there's an opportunity for Sandstrom to get in. I mean, I think there would be if Carter Hart was definitely returning, which is, you know, a whole other issue. Hey, have you heard about him? No, you haven't, have you? No, nobody has. <laughs> well, you know, we, we did hear that he wasn't cleared to play, obviously. So he's on a trip that he's not cleared to play. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens against Anaheim tonight, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. But uh, I, I do want to talk about like a second really strong game in a row from Owen Tippett. Mm-hmm. I think that he, uh, first of all, his shot on his goal was a really good one. Now we just need more of those kinds of shots on goal from him, but. Uh, I think that he also had some really good, you know, distraction work on, um, you know, keeping Jonathan Quick occupied that it affected his play on that shot. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, w- I would like to see Tippett get a little more well-rounded, though, and start being able to help his line mates and get some assists because yeah. right now he's just being fed and and he is coming through on that. That's good. But he's only got eight assists. Like he needs to sort of, you know, pick that up because again, you know, if you're looking at him, if he ends up with 18 goals and like 10 assists, you're like, mm, he could get a lot more points. And so somehow they yeah. have to unlock that. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. He's either taking it down the ice himself or yes. he's getting fed the puck and just taking the shot. And, you know, I, I think you look at some guys who just like curl around and skate away versus guys who stick around and look for garbage and follow up action. He needs to do more of that stick around and follow yes. up kind of play. Yeah, you're right, because a lot of times, you know, he's got his one or two patented plays and and he does that. And otherwise, yeah, um, not necessarily around to set up scoring. So that's something last year he actually was trying to set up more. Now that he's scoring, he's setting up less. I think that's a, a really good point. We'll have to you know, look for his game to get a little bit more well-rounded. Uh, Noah Cates gets on the board with a short-handed goal. Um, I, I just want to say it, it, the goal was partially lucky. I think partially a phenomenal shot and mm -hmm. partially lucky just, you know, with all that traffic. But um, the play, uh, his play leading up to that shot was so smart on the PK. Uh, definitely ate up a lot of time, protected the puck really well along the boards and, uh, I just want to make sure that we understand how good Noah Cates is on the PK right now. I think he's I mean, I think people can see really it. well. Yeah, he is. I think people can see it. He's one of the better guys on the team. The instincts are there. Uh, the speed's there. He hadn't had a goal in a very long time, so that's good. He, he got that off his back. So it, it was big, and it was a really, you know, key spot in the game. I do want to also talk about that empty net goal at the end because the Flyers have struggled with that mm -hmm. sometimes and they're getting a little better at it. But I think that, you know, the extra effort by Travis Konechny made a difference. It did. I don't know if they're getting better at it. I just think Konechny made that extra effort so they got it. Otherwise, I think they were still struggling. Like Konechny, you know, he's completely locked in for this season. So he he's great. There isn't anybody else on the team as locked in as he is. It looked like Hayes was going to be there at one time, and now he's just sort of, you know, out there. He's not even tethered anymore, really. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot going on there. Uh, not sure what it is, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this game and preview the game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start the day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contain less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills and vitamins and supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash at NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick 
up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Make sure you check out the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. It's a daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus, we've got draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked On NHL Prospects, available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, you know, we talked in the first segment about the LA Kings being a much better team to gauge up against and that, you know, the Sharks playing to the level of the competition for part of that game. The Ducks are not a great team. Let's be real. No, they are not. (laughs) They are last in the Pacific uh, in the NHL overall. Only Chicago has fewer points. They're tied with Columbus at 24 uh three six and one in their last 10 uh it's a it's kind of a a rough go of it out there in anaheim but the difference is i think you know they acknowledge that they're in a rebuild which is a good thing but uh i think that you know if you look at my methodology of looking at the second line you're just kind of like well Okay, Anaheim, because they've got, you know, Ryan Strom with Maxime Comtois and Jacob Silverberg, which is an okay, but, you know, you maybe are, for an NHL top team, that's not the second line you want to have. No, no, it's a little lacking, uh, but they have, you know, good goaltending. They do give up a lot of shots. So Mm -hmm. if you're the Flyers, you have to take a lot of shots. They do have some speed, and so you do have to... um, Worry about some of that, some odd man rushes, shorthanded chances, things like that. Um, But again, if you cycle the puck and you keep the puck in their end, good things are generally going to happen. If Gibson's hot, hey, you're going to have to overcome that. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just, but a lot of times he's facing 40 shots. Yeah. And that's the thing about the Ducks. They're the only team in the NHL that's averaging more than four goals against per game played. So when they, you know, when their goaltending has a bad game, they have a really bad game. Well, that, yeah. And that's because driving up that average. Yeah. And that's because the offense can't keep up and, and it's just, it's hard to do that. Now the challenge for the flyers is to actually get 40 shots in the game because they really have trouble doing that. So we'll see if they can actually do that. Yeah. I think it's a matter of getting the the shots on goal. I think that the shot attempts are going to be there. Sure. But shot attempts, whatever, everybody blocks them now. So it's like, I don't even count them anymore. Right. And that's, so they're going to have to be better quality shots than than normal. But I I also think that they have to really stick to their defensive structure here. And, you know, when you have a team like the Ducks where that top line with Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry, uh, you know, those are their top two guys, right? So you have to make sure that that defensive structure holds not just against that line, but, you know, for every shift out there. That you're not going to let one go yeah. from, a, a, you know, one of their depth guys. You do have to give Zegers a little bit of room. If you stay too tight on him, uh, he, he can get right around you. Uh, if you, But w- around the net, though, you can't give him the room because that's where he might try a Michigan. And so you just, you know, you got to be careful with him because he can really bite you in games. And f- I'm going to just guess Sam Erson's going to be in there. I know that sounds crazy. Um but and if it is, he is going to have to be keenly aware of where Zegers is at all times. A lot of times, goaltenders are going to say, "Well, I don't worry about." It. He needs to worry about it. 
Yeah, I think there's been a lot, not just Michigan goals, but there's been a lot of goals that, that where people are trying to bank it off the back of the goalie a yeah. lot more this year. It feels like that. I don't yeah. know if you've No, I've seen it. That. Yeah, because there's less ways to score. I mean, we're seeing more shots off the back of the uh, boards that, that come in. We're seeing shots off of pads now where they shoot off the goalie's pad. He makes the save. Hopefully it goes to one of your guys. So we're seeing a lot more of those things because – at times scoring could be hard and it could be tight. So that that's why we're seeing more of that. So, you know, cleverness can help you. in yeah. this game. Yeah. And I think with Sam Erson, uh, he was interviewed after the Kings game and he said something about, you know, needing a little bit of time to adjust to the NHL game and he's still working on it, but he says he feels much better now, especially after that Kings game. And I think there's something to it where he was like a little shaky in that first game, but mm -hmm. there was an adjustment going on and now he feels a lot more comfortable. So I feel a lot more comfortable with him in net, you know, against a team that has a guy like Trevor Zegas. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I do think there were a few times last game where maybe he went out a little too far to try and cut an angle. And that's what he's still going to have to get used to because in this league, if you go far that far out and cut an angle, what happens if you make the save, you better be able to get back in your net. And it's, it's hard. It's not, some of these guys are really fast. It's hard to beat them back to the net. Yeah, and that's where he needs support from the defensive yes. side of, of things and where things are better because Cam York is there. Yes. who has the speed to get back and help he out. He does, and that is a big deal. So that's, yeah, that's where, you know, they do have an upgrade on defense going on currently. So the other thing with the Ducks is that we're up against a team that has a worse penalty kill than the Flyers with similar power play stats. So I think that, you know, this isn't going to be a thing where it's going to kill the Flyers, but they have to continue to play well on the penalty kill. They do. And again, with Zegers on the power play, uh, Henrique gets on the power play, Terry, you know, they still have enough guys that, that can put a little scare into you. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if, um, what's his name is out there. Um, the young guy, uh, Mason, uh, he's on their third line, Mason McTavish, McTavish on the, on the power play. If he gets out there on the top power play, uh, he could be dangerous too, because he's got really good hands and some size. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have enough that you do have to play that and you have to play it. Um, pretty close i will see if they if they do a good job with that and they limit some of the puck movement don't have three guys on one side they haven't done that lately so you know hopefully it doesn't happen in this game um yeah uh, mctavish is on their first power play yeah, I figured. unit uh, and uh cam fowler is the defenseman on that unit which you know he's pretty good at that long time guy yeah he's got mm -hmm. a great shot it still gets to the net he knows how to run a power play Exactly. So I, I think, you know, even though they're struggling, that first power play unit for them is actually pretty decent. It so, is. So uh, we'll have to. And you're on the road, you know, you're in, mm -hmm. you know, you're in the duck pond for as long as they're going to keep calling it that. I don't know if they, you know, where they're going next. The Honda Center. Well, I mean, because they're, they're supposedly going to be, you know, sort of changing their name again. That's the, the rumor out there. So we'll. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'll. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition and if they drop the ducks altogether, or is it going to be the Anaheim part that ends up getting dropped like it has been in baseball? Like, you know, it was, you know. The Los Angeles Ducks of Anaheim. Right. The Angels have had so many different incarnations yeah. already that I kind of wonder if the ducks are going down that road. We'll see. 
or they're just going to get rid of the duck. I mean, maybe that's it. You know, maybe they're just going to get rid of a duck and they're going to go with something else. You know, the Anaheim waves. I don't know. Well, uh, we'll see what happens with that and the game tonight. We'll talk about how it goes tomorrow. Uh, Up next, we are going to name our nemesis of the week. All right, before we get into our nemesis, just want to touch on World Juniors a little bit here. And, you know, we talked uh, last time about Cutter Gautier and him kind of struggling on the scoring front that he's really good on the play and he's getting assists and more secondary assists on the the play because he's the puck carrier coming Mm -hmm. down the net you know, coming down the ice and then dishes it off. And then he's having trouble when he gets the puck back. And uh, I think that, I think it'll come for him. Um, He had like a a rough penalty in that last game as well. So he's got to just, you know, settle down and be a little smarter, but um, they did play a solid game overall team USA did against Finland. And so, uh, hopefully, you know, they take this last game against Germany and, you know, fix all those little mistakes. Yeah, I think they need to do that. Um, you're right about the penalty. Also, Gauthier, in, in at least one or two situations, was losing the puck, and that's because he's just overthinking it. And he needs to um, just vary his angles a little bit more. But they've got a book on him right now, and it's, you know, might not be working at the college level, but it's working in this level. And so that's the... Uh, that's the worry I have if, if for people that want him to make the jump at the end of the college season, this is why I would like him to take another year, go to another college, you know, go with another college season, because I think there's things he needs to work on strength in front of the net, those kinds of things. But, you know, if he scores in these next couple of games, it'll be big for team USA. If not, he's contributing, but he's not doing what they'd hope he'd do. Well, we'll continue to track that and uh, see how Team USA does in the tournament moving forward. Uh, Switching over to our nemesis of the week. Last week, we talked about this West Coast trip and Flyers After Dark, the the struggle of staying up late. Man, that struggle was real against San Jose. Thank goodness we got an afternoon game against LA, but we still got this Ducks game tonight, which starts late. Not the latest possible, but uh, certainly the 10 p.m. start is not fun for us east coasters well no and i'm gonna be like i'm the minute i'm done with this show i head downtown to boston to cover the winter classic i get there hours early because there's a lot of information to be gained and i want to gain my vantage point want to get some pictures and so i'm gonna be up for a while so you know who knows what's gonna happen whether i'll make it through that game or do what happened with the sharks game and i wake up at a really opportune moment and then can stay awake that's that's the way it's gonna probably go for me yeah, well, wishing all of us luck staying awake tonight. Uh, I think for me, my nemesis this week is uh, sustainability. I think, you know, this is something we talked about early in the season mm-hmm. when they were winning a little bit, uh, but I think they were kind of winning in the wrong way Yeah. then. And now they're sort of, they're winning in a better way. I'm not going to say the right way. I'm going to say a better way because they have had to come back, right? Yes. And so we don't want to see that 
as much. We want to see them get leads and hold leads, right? That's the best way to win a game. And, you know, we even saw it in that previous game against the Leafs where they did manage to come back and they played really well for like 12 minutes of that game. And we need, so we need more of this. And so this is where I wonder, like, is it sustainable? We have this opportunity, you know, we've got the Ducks game tonight. We've got the Yotes coming up next. And then we go back to facing another really good team in the Leafs again. And I I feel like there's lessons to have been learned in between the last time we saw the Leafs and this time coming up. And so, you know, can they make a, a more full game of it? this time around. And so that's where, you know, the sustainability factor comes in. Can they get through these next two games? Um, although the Yotes have been playing pretty well recently. I'm not going to no. say they're terrible, terrible, but they're not, you know, they're not a top team either. So I, I want to see, you know, against the Ducks, then the Yotes who are playing a little better and then a top team like the Leaves. I want to see their defensive play, especially sustainable yeah so mine is uh since i'm at the winter classic uh two three days ago i predicted what the weather would be for the big game between 50 and 53 degrees and then yesterday they said not they the league but just online 49 degrees and today it really does look like it's going to be between 50 53 54 was the warmest that in a long time and that happened in dallas uh they'll get close to that and i'm wondering why do we have meteorologists there's going to be one or two at the game it's like I'm basically doing their job. You don't need them. I I could look at two or three weather reports, look at the sky, look at what's happened the last few days and predict it myself. So I'm just telling you out there, we don't need meteorologists for this game. Yeah. uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm telling you, I've seen it for a lot of years with the weather channel and all. It's just a gimmick. Well, that's true. It is like the whole weather report thing. You know, it's content for the broadcast. So I totally understand that. And uh, I I do, you know, it's year to year. It's been the same thing. It's like they schedule for the afternoon and are they going to push it to later in the day or the evening and the players like it better. But as long as it's overcast and, you know, having been to the winter classic when it's overcast, like as long as the sun isn't a huge factor, I don't think the time of day matters as much. No, but it's it's pretty, it's pretty sunny today. So I think there'll be a slight delay. And so I think, you know, Maybe the game starts around 2.45, 3 o'clock. I think that's probably in the cards. But anytime I talk about this, people get mad. I'll tweet about it. They're going to be like, no, no, no. Uh, But I would say 95% of the time it is what happens because it's hard. During the day, it's hard, even with the green monster there. Yep. You know, and and the wind, uh, wind was a factor yesterday. If it's the same wind as yesterday, then I could see that also being a thing where they're going to have to switch sides during periods. And the wind is one of the reasons why I wondered if that was a factor in rotating the rink to be parallel with the green monster. They didn't say it was. They just wanted the look of it. I asked that question yesterday. Well, all right. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Excited to have you report back from it on tomorrow's show. I know we all have uh, mixed emotion feelings about the last time, you know, the Flyers played at Fenway, but uh, it was a good experience. Overall. It was. That was and a great, I, I, great time. Yeah. So I look forward to to hearing about it on tomorrow's show. Uh, speaking of tomorrow's show, we will be recapping the game against the Ducks and we'll have a Phantoms check in as well. 
as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in those mailbag questions. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. It's a daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.